0: Good evening. Um, It's my privilege to be here once again and to, as I have um, two out of the last three weeks, open the Word of God with you. Um, The Word of God is an amazing thing because the Word of God is the only thing in this world that is completely true. When the Word of God says something, it means it. And it is actually much easier to understand than some people would like you to believe it is. Now there are certain things that are harder to comprehend. But if we trust the Lord as our guide into the Scriptures, we will find that We can understand it because that's what He wants from us. Now, I'm going to go back and do just a slight review of last time. The last thing that we talked about was starting on a journey. A journey that would lead us from where we are now as young people through our adult years. And I talked about how that needs to start now. It's not something that you delay until a more convenient time or you wait until um, the day before you turn 18 and decide, now I'm going to be an adult. God has certain things, even as young people, that He wants us to do. He wants us to be serious about. That's one of the reasons that I came to do this series, because we're talking about ten unchangeables that none of us can change, even if we might want to, and they all have something to do with the way God made us and His plan for us. Um, And last time we talked about the first three, and I'm just going to pull this sheet out and review them for the sake of those who were not here. those were your parents, um, and your physical features, and your gender, whether you are a boy or a girl. Those were the, those were the things that we covered last time. This time we're going to cover four instead of three and so we're going to kind of be a little bit rushed so please pay attention please take notes and know that these lessons are available for review online I try to get them on um, a few days after I give them so bear with me but this should be on probably Thursday if you want to go back and review and you can always go back and review the other two So, the uh, first one we're going to talk about tonight is brothers and sisters. Now, um, I'm going to ask an interesting question. I'm pretty sure nobody can beat me in this room, but how many of you have four or more siblings? Anybody here with five or more? Six or more? Seven or more. I'm dead after this. Eight or more. Nine or more. And that would be me because I have eleven siblings. One is in heaven, and the other ten of us are uh, still here on life's journey. When you live in a family of any size, but especially when they get bigger you realize that you get an opportunity from the Lord to learn how to get along with a great deal of different personality types. And um, I know for a fact that the Gomeson household can get pretty intense at times. I know the Beorley household can get pretty intense at times. If you were to throw us all together, that would be a very interesting combination. But anyway, uh, we're going to talk about a, a... uh, a man in the scriptures that dealt with brothers and sisters of a large number and he was really in an unenviable enviable position because none of his brothers liked him. We don't read what his sister thought but his, none of his brothers liked him and that is, any guesses? Joseph. Joseph, good. Yes, Joseph is the one we are talking about tonight. Now, I'm just going to go over a few points about Joseph's life. Genesis chapter 30, verses 22 to 24, talk about Joseph's birth. He was Rachel's firstborn. And just as a quick synopsis, Rachel was wife number two of Jacob. Jacob wanted to marry Rachel. He was in love with Rachel. Matter of fact, the Bible says that he worked for 7 years for her, but they were like 7 days because he loved her so much. Then Laban decides to deceive Jacob and give him Rachel or give him Leah, his older daughter instead. And then a week later, he gives him gives him Rachel for another 7 years of service. So, he has these two wives. And God sees that He loves Rachel more than Leah, so He starts giving Leah children. And Leah has six children, and Rachel still can't have children, so she starts um, you know, starts this really fierce competition with her sister. We won't go into detail, but if you want to read it, it's in Genesis. And finally God gives her her own child. It says in Genesis chapter 30, verse 22, And God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bare a son and said, God hath taken away my reproach. And she called his name Joseph and said, The Lord shall add to me another son. So she's very excited that finally she's not barren anymore. She's had a child. Matter of fact, it got to the point where she said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And Jacob said, Am I God that I would be in his place to give you children? It's him that does that. So, Joseph quickly gets established as his father's favorite. Even though he's had 10 older brothers, um, he's his father's favorite because Rachel is his father's favorite. And because Joseph is Rachel's son, he becomes his father's favorite. And it says in Genesis chapter 37, 1-4, And Jacob dwelt in the land wherein his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. These are the generations of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brethren. And the lad was with the sons of Bilha and with the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought unto his father their evil report. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age and made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now I hope that you have never gotten to this point with one of your siblings. I have... Um, some struggles at times with some of my siblings, but I would hope that there would always be um, somewhat open communication between us. It's so important. God gave you your siblings for a reason. You know, the Bible says that it's a common common saying that you can't choose your family. But you can choose your friends. But you know, your friends may come and go. But your family is your family forever. And so, if you can't get along with them, it's going to be a long life. If you can get along with them, some amazing things can happen. My brother BJ, who's sitting over there, is one of my best friends. Without him, I would not be here tonight. So, I just want to encourage you. To embrace your siblings. The the last point I want to make about these siblings is God used them to accomplish His will even though from an earthly perspective they did the wrong thing. This does not mean that what they did was right. It does not mean that we should intentionally make a mess out of our lives. It does mean that God governs governs absolutely over our affairs. And can take our mistakes and turn them into something good. It says in Genesis chapter 50, verses 16 to 21. These are the brothers talking to Joseph after their father's died and they're still afraid of him because he. um, I think now that their father's dead, he's going to get revenge on them for selling him as a slave. And I encourage you to go back and read the whole story. It takes up about 18 chapters in Genesis. But it says, And they sent a messenger unto Joseph, saying, Thy father did command before he died, saying, So shall ye say unto Joseph, Forgive, I pray thee now, the trespass of thy brethren, and their sin, for they did unto thee evil. And now we pray thee, Forgive the trespass of the the servants of the God of thy father. And Joseph wept when they spoke unto him. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for am I in the place of God? But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Now therefore, fear ye not, I will nourish you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. And we learn, as Israel comes over to Egypt to Um, save him and his family that he had I think it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 75 or 80 descendants already at that point. So Joseph was used to save that whole family line from extinction. So what does that tell us? It tells us first of all that our parents might not be perfect Because Israel, Jacob, should never have had a favorite son. That causes trouble. But it says that even if your parents aren't perfect, and even if you as siblings make mistakes, God can take that, and He can make something good out of it. But I would still encourage you, don't let your relationships with your siblings, get to this point. Make them your best friends. It's not bad to have friends outside your family. Not bad at all. But your siblings are very important. The second point, the second thing we want to talk about tonight is birth order. God had a very specific reason why He made you where He put you in your home. Now, for myself, I'm the oldest. I'm the oldest of 11. I happen to have seven living brothers. And I firmly believe that the reason God made me the oldest is because He knew that I would need a lot of help. And so He allowed my brothers to grow up younger than me so that they could be available one by one to be of assistance to me and uh, there's usually someone around that can help me do the things I want to do and the things that I need to do along with my parents. My parents are a big um, part of my success as well and um, I just want to talk to you about two brothers, Jacob and Esau. We're going to go back a little ways in Genesis. Genesis chapter 25, verses 21 to 24. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And he said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now these are Jacob and Esau. Now, Jacob's the one I just got done talking about with the with the twelve sons and one daughter and the sons that hated Joseph. And this is an example where a mother, Rebecca, she took what God said to her about Jacob and Esau and she knew that it was going to come to pass but she decided to help God fulfill His work as if God needs our help. And she caused a lot of trouble between Jacob and Esau. And they, um, Jacob actually felt fled for his life for a while before they reconcile. But the main point I want to make here is that you may feel, especially if you're a younger child in a big family, that you're kind of down in the order and it doesn't matter what happens to you and... The things that you do don't matter that much. But if you look through the pages of Scripture, God likes to use younger siblings. I don't know particularly why that is. Maybe it's just His nature, again, to use people, as we talked about, especially in week one, but also in week two, I think, that He uses the useless. The people that the world would not particularly use, those are the people that He likes to use and uh, we're actually going to touch on Joseph a little bit just to say that he again was a younger sibling that was used to save his people his family Genesis 46 27 puts it this way it says and the sons of Joseph which were born him in Egypt were two souls and all the souls of the house of Jacob which came into Egypt were three score and 10. So we have 72. So I know I was pretty close with what I said earlier. But then finally, in this category or this point, I want to mention Miriam. Miriam was the older sister of Moses. And I talked a little bit about Moses in week one. Moses was someone that Uh, did not even think himself worthy to be used. But God said, I don't care what you say, I'm going to use you anyway. And he would not let Moses go until Moses agreed to allow himself to be a vessel. Now, if I were God, I would have moved on to someone else. But that's why I'm not God, and I'm thankful for His mercy because I've seen similar mercy in my own life. Uh, We're going to read from Exodus chapter 2, verses 5 to 10, really quickly. It says, And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to catch, it, to catch it. And when she opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the baby wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child unto, away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses and said, because I drew him out of the water. Now there's a couple things I want to mention here. Number one is, Miriam was watching her baby brother, Moses, who was placed in the river um, because the Pharaoh had said, kill all the baby boys. Miriam uh, was his older sister, so her parents said, watch your brother. See what happens. Then Miriam has the presence of mind to say to the Pharaoh's daughter, I will get him a nurse. And he's able to spend presumably um, at least one or two, possibly even three years with his own mother in her household being cared for him. And this is a time of great um, oppression for the children of Israel, but she got paid to take care of her own son. And obviously instilled in him some good values even at that young age because he knew that he was a Hebrew and he was prepared to defend his own people. Um, And this third point is ethnicity. Now I have a large passage for this one and I'm going to give you the passage. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But I want you... To go home and read it this week, and I'm going to ask whoever who did it, and um, I'm going to to kind of quiz you a little bit next week, hopefully, um, because I think it'll be a little shorter. Other than that, next week, so we can cover it. But I'm going to go through the basics. This is Acts 26, Acts 8: 26 to 39. This is the story of the Ethiopian unit. The Ethiopian Eunuch was a servant of the uh, of the let's see a servant of one of the leaders of the Ethiopians, um, Candace, Queen of the Ethiopians, and he was the treasurer. He had charge of the queen's treasure, and uh, he was. Um, God told Philip the evangelist to go meet this guy and he gave him the gospel of Jesus Christ out of the book of Isaiah because this man was reading the book of Isaiah and asked what it meant and Philip was able to lead him to the Lord. The significance of the ethnicity or what race you are is the way I'll put it was the fact that this was a high-up official for a Gentile people that were outside of Israel, they were not God's chosen people. But he was a high-ranking official who went his way rejoicing. And he clearly had a true faith in Jesus Christ. And so although we don't read much, it is not a stretch to believe that this man, the Ethiopian eunuch, being in the place of power that he was, had an influence over his people for Jesus Christ. And sometimes God takes people who have very high influential places and he saves them because those people have an influence on the culture and on other people that we could never have. And some notable people that have used their notoriety for good in this modern era are people like Indianapolis Colts, former head coach Tony Dungy, former quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals um, and St. Louis Rams, Kurt Warner. Um, President George W. Bush had a genuine gospel testimony and he actually loved to share it even though it didn't often make it to the the, uh, general news media. And I'm not saying that he's perfect and this isn't about politics, but he is a believer who loves the Lord and he took opportunities away from the camera to share his faith. So God uses people of all different um, types to do His will. The fourth point is your place of origin. This is where you're born, possibly, or where you're from. For this one, we have Esther. Now, Esther was a girl who was a Jew. And there was a Gentile king who didn't have anything to do with the Jews, but he was ruling over the Jews because they were taken captive. And he banished his queen because he didn't like something she did, which means that she couldn't come back to the palace. Essentially, she couldn't be married to him. I don't know what happened to her. The Bible doesn't tell us. But after a while, he got lonely. And and his advisor said, well, you should choose a new queen. So he has a beauty pageant of sorts and has the most beautiful ladies of the kingdom come before him and he chooses Esther. Esther to be his queen. Now, there was one important thing that her uncle said to her. And we're going to, um, you know, and he said to her, don't tell the king that you are a Jew. But later, when the time was right, we read this. In Esther 7, 3-6, to six, it's finally time for Esther to tell the king. She says, It says then Esther, the queen, answered and said, If I have found favour in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, let my life be given me at my petition, and my people at my request. For we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, to be slain, and to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwoman, I had hold my tongue, although the enemy could not countervail king's damage. Then the king Ahasuerus answered and said unto Esther the queen, Who is he and where is he that does presume in his heart to do so? And Esther said, The adversary and the enemy is this wicked Haman. Then Haman was afraid before the king and the queen. Now we might talk a little bit more about Esther next week, but suffice it to say, Haman wanted to kill the Jews. He hated the Jews. I think mainly because he hated Mordecai. The fact that Mordecai wouldn't bow before him because the only one that Mordecai would bow before was the God of heaven. So, Esther was given her origin as a Jew. Partially, at least so that she would be prepared to speak up for her people and to save them from total extermination so it is possible that perhaps you were born you wish you were born at a different time I know sometimes I do because I know there are some people that were born a couple years after me they were born at the same time I was for those who weren't here before. I was born three months early. And if, if my birth had been delayed a couple weeks or even a month, things might be different and I might, might have been walking and running with you tonight. And it's easy to start to think, well, I wish one of those things was different so I wouldn't be the way I am. But God made me the way I am today. And like Moses, he didn't let me make excuses for my lack of service to him. He put up with it for nine years and then it was finally enough. And he broke me and he told me that I had a message to share with others. That's why I'm here tonight. So what is the conclusion that we can draw from tonight? Well, my mind went to these three verses. Two of them are very familiar. We don't often quote the next one, but they go together well. Proverbs 3, 5-7 Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord, and depart from you. Ladies and gentlemen, these four things that I've talked about tonight are all things that God gave you as a gift whether it appears so or not. And I think part of our problem is that we don't view the things that God gave us as gifts. We view them as curses and we wish that we could live somebody else's life but there's only one person that can live your life the way it needs to be lived and that's you so when you think about your brothers and sisters the order of your birth the race that you have the background that you have and the place that you were born and perhaps more importantly the place that you are now remember that it all has a purpose. That purpose is actually a person. Because the purpose that we all have, if we choose to embrace it, is to represent and serve the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here tonight because I love the Lord. Because... He spoke for me when nobody wanted me. When I was a cast off. He put His name on me. He laid hold of me and would not let me go. And because of that I surrendered. And I'm here to tell you the best decision you can make tonight is to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ every head bowed, every eyes closed. Tonight, if you need to make a decision for Christ, I would just ask you, talk to Ben or to Isaac or to myself. Don't leave here tonight until you're sure of your eternal destiny. Because we don't know what we have we could only have tonight. Only guaranteed right now. But you were here to hear a message of good news. If you want to trust Christ, you can cry out to Him tonight before you go to bed. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, You will be saved. And if you're not saved, then you're doomed to an eternity in hell. A fiery torment that will never end. But you don't have to go there because the Son of God, the Creator of the universe, died for you. God turned His back on His own Son so that He could say to you, I never, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Don't take His gift for granted. Trust Him tonight. Heavenly Father, we just thank You for this opportunity to be before You. We pray that we would consider these things that You have given us. We pray that we would leave here changed people Better because of what you have taught us tonight. I pray that for myself as well as the people in this audience. Bless them. Give them peace. Bless our fellowship time now. And give us safe journeys on our way home. And also be with our unspoken requests. Father, you know what they are. In Jesus' name. Amen.